Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. <laughs> Jordana Levine. How are we feeling post Scorpio new moon? I personally found that moon shadowy AF, which was predicted. I did say that in the Scorpio new moon episode, but still it felt a little unexpected. I'm not sure why. I guess, um, I mean, I do know why. It was the influence of the Uranus opposition. Yeah, I said expect plot twists. I said expect the unexpected. I didn't get a massive plot twist, but it was just a little darker than I was predicting for me personally. I'm interested to see how it showed up for you guys. Now, I spoke about it in this week's uh, subscriber bonus episode, but that Uranus opposition that was opposite the Scorpio new moon is still very much active in an opposition with the sun. And then from Thursday, so the day this episode airs, until Sunday, we're also experiencing what we call a Mars Kazemi. And that Mars Kazemi is going to be opposing Uranus. A Kazemi is when a planet sits right in the heart of the sun, right? So in this instance, Mars and the sun are at exactly the same degrees of Scorpio. So it's an exact conjunction. And Mars is in a really strong position, not only because it's a Kazemi, which gives it extra oomph, but because it's in its home sign of Scorpio. Now, you might know Aries is the ruler of Mars. That stands true. But in traditional astrology, before Pluto was discovered, Mars ruled Scorpio. Mars Kazemis only take place every two years, so it's quite rare. And the last time we had a Mars Kazemi in Scorpio was 91. Now, I was seven in 1991, so I'm not really sure what was going on for me then. Maybe something to do with Rainbow Bright. No, you're probably a bit old for Rainbow Bright then. Anyway, anyway, half of you weren't even born. Um, so there's no point in looking back to 91. But the, the rareness of a Mars Kazemi should be celebrated this week, right? Because we don't get them that often. Um, To sort of put it all in perspective, we get like a Venus Kazemi every nine months, so a little bit more often. Mercury Kazemis we get several times a year. That's not that rare because Mercury travels so close to the sun. Um, But Mars Kazemis, yeah, only every two years. So this is a very rare, beautiful alignment, and we're getting it for a few days. Mars Kazemis have a very new moon vibe to them. Yeah, it's sort of like this 
chance to start again, new beginnings, increased motivation. Think of it like a big fat reset button, which is bloody exciting. I am excited about that. On a personal level, this is a particularly potent Kazemi to work with. Yeah. Mars is happy in Scorpio, like I said. In the traditional astrology, uh, Mars rules Scorpio. So depending on where the Kazemi falls in your personal chart, you will receive a hit of ambition, this sort of like go get em energy in the themes related to that area of your life. So for example, the Mars Kazemi is taking place in my fifth house. And the reason I know that is because Scorpio occupies my fifth house and more specifically 23 degrees Scorpio, which is where it begins. The Kazemi begins and it will go to, let me get this right, 26 degrees uh, Scorpio. And then this is probably getting a bit advanced for everybody. They're going to be aligned through 23, 24, 25, 26 degrees um, Scorpio. And then the sun is going to move a little bit faster and leave Mars behind. They're still going to be in a conjunction. We're still going to feel that for a little while. But the Kazemi element of it uh, will dissipate by Monday. So what you want to have a look for in your chart is where does 23 degrees to 26 degrees Scorpio sit? What house is it in? That's the area of life you're probably going to feel this Kazemi. So for me, in the fifth house, we're looking at creative self-expression, which is exciting because I'm working on a lot of creative things at the moment and I need a little bit of a hit, a little bit of a uh, power up, if you will. It's believed to be sort of like a new cycle for Mars once it hits the sun like this in a Kazemi. It kind of gives Mars like a really good cleansing, a really good recharge. It will bring with it revelations. Ooh, I kind of said that with the new moon earlier this week, right? So that energy is going to continue. Secrets might be revealed. Think also your own inner secrets, right? I think we lie to ourselves more than we lie to anyone else. Think epiphanies, think self-assertion. It's Mars, right? It's got that real sort of like warrior, assertive, standing up for myself energy. Think empowerment. It's Scorpio. From the 16th to the 19th, open yourself up to synchronicities, insights, intuitive downloads that point to these themes. It's Scorpio, remember? So we are going to have that like real kind of psychic intel. So really keep your peepers and your ears and your spidey senses open to that. Okay, that's not actually what this episode is about. I don't know how we got onto such a Mars Kazemi tangent. I was just going to mention it and then we went deep, 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 deep. Okay, I, uh, today, what are we going to chat about? Today, we are chatting about how I personally use astrology beyond this podcast and beyond being an astrologer who does readings for people. Because honestly, I use it multiple times a day, definitely weekly. It's part of my day to day. 
And I thought it might be fun for you guys to hear about that. And you can think about ways that you might want to integrate astrology into your life a little bit more. Before we dive into that, though, I have launched my new astrology course this week. It's called Celestial Storytelling. It's split into two levels and level one is all about unlocking the natal chart. For all the details on that course, just click the link in the show notes of this episode. And I will tell you a little bit more about it at the end of the episode. I've had lots of questions this week, so I will answer them on the podcast for you. There is a very special early bird offer running until the 5th of December. The course doesn't actually kick off until March 2024, but because this is the first time I'm running it, I really wanted to get a gauge on people who are really keen to do it. And because it's the first time I'm running it, I wanted to give a really special launch price, which is 25% off the full price of the course, which is a massive discount. Um, And it only runs for a small window of time. Now, the reason for that is I don't actually buy into early bird pricing. I think it devalues the work and the effort and the value that creators put into courses. So, you know, I don't often run an early bird offer, but with this one, like I said, because it's the first time I'm running it, because I want to give you guys something really special, because the reason I'm doing this course is because you guys begged me to do it. Um, And also I really want to do it. Um, I wanted to give you that 25% off. So I've had a few people sort of DM me and say, can we do a payment plan with the early bird? Um, Can I pay it off until March? No, that's not really how early birds work. I'm giving you a massive discount as it is. Um, And there's a really short window for it. And it's just to, yeah, sort of give you the opportunity to jump on it at that. I think you're saving like $220 off the full price. Anyway, we'll talk about it more at the end of the episode. As always, you can DM me on Instagram if you have any questions. A bunch of you have already signed up. I'm so excited. But let's talk about astrology and how we can use it in our day-to-day life. So for me, a little bit of a background, most of you know this, but I started running Moon Circles back in 2016 in a very small venue called Bondi Yoga House. I'm sure a few of you were there. It was very teeny tiny. We started off with about 16 people, I think. I think that the first time I ran it was 16 people. The circles ran every new moon. By the time those circles wrapped up, when I left Sydney and moved up north, uh, I wrapped them up in, I think, early 2019. It could have been the end of 2018. I'd moved to a bigger venue. It was called Heartspace Manor. I don't even think it's there anymore. And we... And there were about 50 to 60 people per session. Yeah, so they really, really, really grew. It was wild. In 2018, I started studying astrology in an official capacity. I'd always been really interested in it. I had all my Google knowledge of um, astrology, but I wanted to study it officially because I wanted to give more depth to my interpretation of each moon and the sign it was in when I was running those new moon circles. I had zero intention of becoming an astrologer. I hadn't, I didn't even, hadn't even started this podcast yet. This podcast used to be called The Inspired Table. And then in 2019, once I'd moved up to Byron, um, I switched it to a moon podcast. It kind of happened organically, but also not. Anyway, it was the best thing I've ever done, obviously. And then we changed the name to Luna Lover. Um, But the astrology that I had begun to study at that time 
obviously, you know, really informed how that podcast came to be and also the knowledge and the wisdom that I was bringing to those moon circles and what turned into the Lunar Lover membership back in the day. I was also teaching yoga at the time and I began incorporating little astrological insights into my classes and theming classes around the phases of the moon. I still actually do this. Not, I don't teach yoga anymore, but I still do this with my own exercise practice. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. I mean, it's not a lie. I use the word exercise very loosely. My movement, my movement practice. You could play around with this for yourself, right? So I slow down my movement practices when the moon is waning. So from full moon to new moon. And then when we go from new moon to full moon, when it's waxing, I tend to have a little bit more energy. I tend to be able to amp up my movement. Now this, if you're a woman, this is also going to um, depend on your own menstrual cycle and everything else that's going on in your life. But tuning into the moon when it came to how I exercise or move. I don't know why I'm so funny about calling it exercise. I don't exercise. I walk. I do some yoga at home. Every now and then I'll go to a Pilates class. I guess that is exercise. Anyway, I don't know why I'm being so weird about it. But working with the moon really, really, really helped me in that respect. Now, in saying that, I'm also quite finely tuned into the astrology of the week. Um, And this extends past what the moon is doing. For example, with this Mars Kazemi coming up at the end of this week, I wouldn't be surprised if for all of us, there's a little bit of a burst of energy. It's also going to depend on where this Mars Kazemi sits in your natal chart. It's also going to depend on what else is going on in your life and in your chart and all of that sort of stuff, right? And what other transits are affecting you at the moment. But for me personally, I know that I'm going to have some increased energy. So I'm going to make the most of that. I'm going to take advantage of that. I also very much take note of the energy of each astrological season that we're in, right? This is a way I very much incorporate astrology into my life. And when I say season, I mean the sign that the sun is in. So we're currently in Scorpio season. Next week, we shift into Sagittarius season. Oh my God, it's going so fast. Did you guys know that we actually have all 12 signs in our chart? All of us. All of us have all 12 signs. Sure, you might only have planets in certain signs, but if you look as your chart, but if you look at your chart as a whole, the signs occupy houses even when there are no planetary placements there. So this means that by learning about each sign and leaning into the energy of each sign, you're learning and leaning into different aspects of yourself. And the way that we can learn about those different aspects of self is by following the energy of the sun as it moves through each of the signs, i.e. each of the astrological seasons. This is actually, spoiler alert, this is actually what my new book is about, which is going to be available in September 2024. Um, So that's another way I work with astrology. I already encourage you guys to do this with the podcast. You know, when I release a season episode, you know, we had Scorpio season episode next week, we're going to have the Sagittarius season episode. But honestly, to embody a new sign each month, really, I mean, 
it opens you up to so much of your hidden potential, right? I think we really subscribe to the fact and understandably so, you know, I am my sun sign or I am my moon sign or I am my rising sign. And when I look to love and relationships, I look to my Venus. And when I look to communication, I look to my Mercury, all that stands totally. But there are other signs influencing other aspects of you in different areas of your life. Yeah. And the seasons really, really teach us that. In Celestial Storytelling, my astrology course, we talk about the 12 signs in depth and not only the qualities of each of the signs, which you don't really need me to tell you about because you can Google it, but how the signs evolve into each other and reflect the evolution of our human experience. Yeah, we also journey into why the signs are the way that they are. Because it's really easy to be like, oh, Aries is short-tempered and impulsive and Gemini are super chatty and superficial. (laughs) Is that what you guys say about me? Um, And also, you know, Cancers are moody, Scorpios love sex, Sagittarius have blind faith, you know, all this bullshit. I mean, it's not bullshit. It's real. But like, why? Why are they like that? I find it really helpful to understand the why. Helps me understand myself better. Also gives me compassion and empathy. For my fellow signs, my fellow friends. Yeah. Um, Speaking of self-awareness is probably the greatest gift of astrology and something I implement every day. Self-awareness really comes down to knowing your natal chart. Um, I look at my natal chart probably once a week for answers as to why I'm reacting a certain way or why I feel disconnected from my purpose or why I'm feeling wounded by certain people or experiences. The natal chart really is like this constant source of intel. And I've been doing this for years and I still learn new things about myself every time I look at it. Astrology also gives me greater empathy, appreciation, and understanding of other people. Um, And not just by deciphering their natal charts, but of course, I do know the natal chart of everyone in my life. Um, But also just sort of understanding them as a sign, even if it's just their sun sign. I think if you can understand someone's moon sign, it gives them like, It gives you really good intel into them and not to use it as a weapon against them, but to show them empathy and compassion, right? Speaking of, compatibility is another way I use astrology. But like I've said in previous episodes, I use this minimally, right? In dating, not a good idea. Do not look at someone else's chart when you first started date when you first started dating them. Not a good idea. Also not a good idea to be like, I'm not compatible with this friend of mine. I just don't think it's helpful. And like I've said in previous episodes, certain people grow into their charts, certain people will never grow into their charts, certain people are high expressions of their charts, certain people are low expressions of their charts. The way that compatibility can be really, really helpful is looking at it from the perspective of being in a long-term relationship. So I would say marriage or long-term partnership, having a look at it with your children or your parents, uh, business relationships, not just like your work colleagues, but perhaps your business partner, 
could be really helpful. Again, not to judge them, not to make judgment on them or go, oh, you know, we don't know how to communicate with each other, but to understand each other better, right? And when we can understand our partner, whether it's uh, romantic or platonic or professional, uh, again, we can have empathy and compassion. We can understand ourselves better and how we interact with them. And we can start making changes if we need to. Transits, of course, are another way that I use astrology. This is a little bit more advanced. Um, and I actually think that transits are an understanding what transits you're going through is a really helpful way for you to evolve into your own natal chart. Now, for those unfamiliar, transits, when I say transits, I'm talking about where the planets are currently and what part of your natal chart they're moving through and whether they're aspecting other planets in your chart. Um, I believe that when we incarnated on this earth, we chose our own natal chart, right? We chose the exact chart that we have. And all of the challenges and all of the lessons and all of the obstacles and all of the gifts and talents and skills that come with that chart are there for us to grow into. I believe the transits are all part of that growth. So I'm going through a particularly tricky transit at the moment. Well, not tricky. It's just, it's, cha it's challenging. It's uh, Saturn opposing my moon. It's been like that since March. I feel like I can't breathe. <laughs> but it's fine. I know it's there. I know what the lessons of it are. And if I didn't, I might feel a lot of resistance. Yeah, I might be fighting it. But because I know it and I know that there's growth in it, I'm free to embrace it a little bit more. The other thing I've been sort of like playing around with a lot lately, there's still more to come here, is the wisdom of the planets. I've really been sort of connecting the dots big time here. It's really kind of helped me with understanding myself better, but also helping me with my manifestation practice and helping me to understand how different energies work together. And by this, I mean, when we look at a planet, I'm going to use one as an example. When we look at a planet like Venus, we know that Venus represents love and relationships. It also represents what we value. And because it represents what we value, it's value in the context of finances. So like money and the possession of things, but also what we value within ourselves, self-worth, right? So if we look at Venus, we're looking at love and relationships. We're looking at values. We're looking at self-worth. We're also looking at peace, right? It's another theme of Venus. Now, when I think about all four of those things, they don't feel connected. I mean, other than I know that they are because of Venus, but like outside of astrology, you're like, yeah, my self-worth, my relationships, my finances, they're all different areas of my life. Venus says they're not. Venus says they're actually all the same. Yeah. These themes stick together. There is a common thread between them. So when I look at my finances now, I can go, okay, maybe there's no money coming in. Let me have a look at my self-worth. 
do I value myself? If I value myself, will that be reflected in my finances? Or if I'm not at peace, if I am being a little chaotic, if I am really stressed, is this going to affect my relationships and my finances and my self-worth? We can do this for all of the planets. It's quite mind-blowing. Jupiter's my favorite one to unpack. We won't do it in this episode, but we will be exploring the planets in depth over two weeks, two weeks in celestial storytelling. In the first uh, week that we look at planets, we look at the luminaries, which is the sun and the moon, and the personal planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. And then in the second week, we look at what we call the great teachers, Saturn and Jupiter, and the outer planets, the transpersonal planets, which is Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. There are certain planets that affect us more greatly, but every planet holds buttloads of wisdom outside of its significance in your own personal natal chart. And I use that wisdom daily. I do. When I'm struggling or I don't like my behavior or I feel like I'm reacting to things in a low vibrational manner, there's other parts of my chart I look at and those parts are not planets. They are cosmic bodies. Uh, Some of them are Uh, points in the chart and I'm referring specifically here to Chiron and my south node we do a whole week on Chiron and south node in celestial storytelling as well Um, but I look to that often especially when I feel like something's been triggered in me or some sort of wound has been poked or prodded it's usually some sort of activation of my Chiron Each house in your natal chart also gives you insight into different aspects and areas of your life. It's like like when you look at the natal chart, it's like a little treasure map of where to look for golden nuggets to sort of like move you forward. Astrology is so bloody cool. We do a whole week in celestial storytelling on the houses as well. And I know the houses are really challenging um, part of astrology astrology to get your head around I totally get that it actually took me a really long time to understand how the houses fit in Um, but what I've done in this course is this whole week is simplifying the houses for you so you can really 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 wrap your head around it Um, all right my loves that is how I use astrology day to day I'm interested to hear how you guys use astrology day to day. I mean, we can go so much more in depth. I use it in my manifestation practice. We've spoke about that in past episodes. Um, But yeah, it really is like this personal development tool, really, that you have access to whenever you need it, especially when you want to learn more about yourself. And the more you know about yourself the more you can step into your potential. If I had to pick like the standouts of things to sort of know about astrology and yourself, I would be like, I would say following the moon, following the seasons, uh, which you can do with this podcast, obviously, um, and getting a natal chart reading if you haven't had one or learning to read your own natal chart. But I really feel like understanding your natal chart is the ultimate gift you can give yourself. 
Um, all right, my loves. So that is it for this episode. There's a few questions that I've been getting about the astrology course, Celestial Storytelling. So I thought we could just talk about that quickly. Uh, first question I'm getting is, can I join if I'm in a different time zone? Yeah, you can. Um, I obviously have a time zone dedicated to my Australian audience because that is the time zone that I'm in. That uh, is 7 p.m. on a Wednesday night, Australian Eastern Standard Time. It'll be in March. Daylight savings is over. Yeah. Um, There is also a a second time slot, though, that will reach a UK audience and a US audience. It's going to be different depending on what time zone you're in. Um, But if you go to the sales page for the course, which is in the link in the show notes of this episode, the times of the live calls are listed there. Now, if those times don't work for you, the recording of those live calls will be available within 12, within 24 hours of the call going live. So you don't have to be there live right? You can watch the recording. I know when I was studying astrology, we had live webinars. I very rarely made it to the live calls. Um, I just watched the webinars back and it was fine. Are there limited spots is another question I'm getting. No, there's not. I mean, I might have to cap it at like a thousand people, (laughs) but no, there are not limited spots. Um, I want to include as many people as I can. What will be in level two is another question I'm getting. It's a really good question. Um, By the end of level two, you will be able to read charts for other people at quite an advanced level. Level two really is going to focus on aspects and uh, aspects in the chart, chart patterns. There's patterns we can identify in the chart. Um, But aspects will take up another eight weeks. It's really quite complicated um, and I want to set it out in a really beautiful, simplified way. Do you get lifetime access to content? Yeah, yeah, bloody well do. It's all downloadable for you to keep forever. Um, Is it in Australian dollars or US dollars? It's in Australian dollars, which means all of my US uh, listeners are getting a sweet ass deal on this course because the Australian dollar is so bad at the moment. Uh, What other question? I think that's it. The other thing I wanted to say is um, a listener alerted me to the fact that if you choose to pay with PayPal, PayPal actually have a pay by four installments option that you can use. So even though on the early bird offer, there's only one payment option included, which allows you to split the payment into two over two weeks. If you want longer to pay it, use the PayPal option and opt for the four installments. It's a really good way to make use of that early bird price. Um, All right, my loves, I think that's it. I'm going to be back next week uh, to talk about Sagittarius season and the Gemini full moon in the one episode. It all happens very close together. Um, And so it just makes sense to talk about them in the one episode. So it's going to be a juicy ass episode next week. If you would like to have a reading with me before the end of the year, definitely book yourself in for that. I'm booking up. There's a link in the show notes of this episode for that. If you're not following me on Instagram, go and do that. Luna double underscore lover. Until next moon, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.